This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening. It's Wednesday. It's 10 o'clock, and it's time for the Late Late Chat Show with me, Toby Paincook, and my excellent friend, Ed Finch. I'm actually broadcasting live from my mother's spare room in Devon this week, um, so I'm very close to Ed, but not in the same room as him. Um, anyway, it's great to be back. We're going to be talking about music and some other stuff. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Well, here we are. Good evening. Um, Ed entered the live studio. I can see that he's there and he is now being invited to join. Um, Good evening, Ed. Good evening. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? No, it's working so far. I've had a few technical issues trying to get this working in a different way. But we're working now. Can anybody online listening to us live hear us? Someone. Is that Claire Kelly? No. Claire Kelly entered the live studio. Good evening, Claire Kelly. Good evening. Um, good evening. It's me. It's me. I'm Kathy. I've come home now. Um, um, oh, it's Claire. I'm come home now. Good evening, Lucy. Good evening, Tim from France. I believe a shout out to Tim, Chem Commando, who's in France. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, and good evening and hello. Welcome back to those of you who can listen to us on catch up whilst doing the ironing or whatever. We oui. merci très bien. Okay, um, Ed. I've missed you. I've missed, oh, I've you. missed you. It's been a, it's been a little while, hasn't it? It's been a little while, and um, yeah, it has been a little while. It's been well. It's been three weeks because we didn't do show last week, and we didn't do one oh, the week before. So, no, I was poorly. so um, you were poorly. poorly you were properly poorly. poorly. Uh, are you? Are you? I mean, you're not probably fully recovered because you've had to no. go back into school and do full, no. you know, catch up backlog. But but are you sort of in physical fitness? Not not I so tired. About eighty percent restored. I would say that's good. 80%, you know, that's, yeah. not, that's not bad for 50, is it? Really? I, I mean, I Nearly 51. I'm not going to have COVID bad because I'm young and I'm strong and I'm fit. And I'd made three errors there. Yeah. Because I'm not so young. I'm not so strong. And it turns out I'm not so fit. Uh, but I, but no. you know, I did my 10 days. I came out of uh, isolation jail. I went back to work and found that. <laughs> Half the staff in the school had gone down in my absence. So yeah, rather that's than tough. having what I'd planned to be a couple of quiet days sleeping in the bit under my desk, you were um, doing fifteen lessons of cover and, and I all was sorts teaching of stuff. Early years. Now I love early years, and you know everybody should do it. Everybody but you can't do that when you're tired. No. I mean, you can't well, you really do. Well, you can't. You just have to go. Okay, I'm not tired, yeah. then. and then you get through to about three thirty, and then you crash. Yeah, my wonderful, wonderful. I'm so lucky. I've got the best early years um, lead in the world. Started working for us just after Christmas, and she is fabulous. And she came back off her her round of COVID. She came off it on Monday this week, and the poor girl is, you know, she's hollow eyed with exhaustion and fatigue. She's crawling yeah. through to get to the end of this week and get her holiday. But you wouldn't know it when you see her in class with the children. She is, you know. No, I think some people are like that, aren't they? They're just, magic, just amazing. And for most teachers are like that. And I, I think I'm not. like that as well, actually. It's just what we call, in my, turn it before on. I was a teacher, I was briefly attempting to be an actor. Uh, and uh, I, we, I used to call it Doctor Theatre. So you could be, you could be, you know, hungover. You could be ill. You get on stage, ping, everything. Yeah. Okay, you get through your show, you come off stage, crash. Absolutely. Yeah, as long as nothing out of the ordinary happens, as long as nothing out of the ordinary happens, then then it's it's survivable. But it's it feel I feel very very guilty because you've been not only have you been ill and coping with with um, leading a school whilst ill and then going back in with with half the staff not there. Um, my word, you know, 
I've been on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I seem to have been on holiday forever, and you haven't even broken like up you're yet. You're on holiday a lot, Toby. No, I don't begrudge it because you know. Oh no, you should. You, you should begrudge it. You should. Okay, begrudge I will. It. I begrudge it. <laughs> I think that. Um, but you must. You presumably have got next week and the week after Easter off, right? Yeah, I get two weeks. So I get, yeah, you yeah, get two weeks. Next week so I, I've, week I've had, I always get a week more than you because I'm, mm. I'm private, um, yeah. at least a week more than you. And the summer I get. I understand it though. Like, honestly, I don't. I, yeah, why do private schools have longer holidays? Because you'd have thought well, the main reason for sending your kids to a private school, presuming you know, <laughs> you know, boarding, is so you can get rid of them. So wouldn't you want longer terms? <laughs> well, no, no, because most so that you don't have to look after your children so much. Most of them aren't boarding. The ones that are pure boarding have even longer holidays because they are there. That you know, and there are very few um, independent schools that are, are kind of full boarding where children are away yeah. from home for sort of three week stretch. Um, you know, most are only away in the week, and and some only do sort of three nights in the week. But but the vast majority of of independent schools are are day oh, schools, yeah. um, and and mine is is only goes thirteen as well. So so we we are day schools. So I think it's it's. It's historic, like much yeah. of the school year is historic. So, so um, you often hear, most independent schools used to be boarding schools. You hear debates about how we should lengthen the school term, how the summer holiday is too long and it sets children back. Uh, to an extent, I agree. You know, you know, you get the children. You know, when you look at that jump from year two to year three, and it's a big jump in terms of the expectations of the curriculum anyway, and it often doesn't tie up very well. And six weeks mm. off school certainly doesn't help. You know. But you know, no. so in the state sector, there's lots of po-faced people saying, "Oh, we should have shorter holidays, or if we have to, we should distribute them more." And then you look at the private sector, which can choose to do as it wishes, and presumably, yeah. presumably, is operating in the best interests of the children and to optimise their learning. I don't see why they make any <laughs> decisions it? based on anything mm. else other than that. You know, no. That's what <laughs> no, and I have immense holidays. You look at the yeah, United I think States and you get I mean, uh, more immense holidays, don't they? So, uh, so, so it's certainly my school that I work in. It's historic in the sense that it used to be a boarding school. So, mm-hmm. so you, so, so some things that faded out when I first started there eight years ago, nearly eight years ago. Um, there was no full boarding. There's no boarding at all, really, except for the odd, mm-hmm. you know, sort of sleepover party night in the week. Um, you know, like a crash more than a, more than a, more than boarding. Um, so, but we still had Saturday morning school had been phased out about five years before I started, I think. And then, but they still, when I started, still had Saturday afternoon matches. So, so mm-hmm. children came in, even though they didn't have any school in the morning, they came in, but that didn't really fit with the kind of middle-class utopia in Kent. So because they were all doing rugby clubs and football clubs and yeah. ballet classes outside of school anyway, on Saturday mornings, a lot of them, um, or, or tutoring for the 11 plus beyand their 18 grand a year salary. Unbelievable. Don't get me started on that. Um, but, um, and then uh, I think so. So there was an element of Saturday stuff happening, um, which doesn't happen anymore. The school day is longer, but it's not really longer in the classroom. It's longer yeah. in terms of, you know, more sport. Um, you know, it's longer educationally, but not longer sit down at deskally, if that makes sense. Um, and... <laughs> Maybe they have a wider definition of uh, education. Maybe... Um, and we, but we have more a better ratio, don't we? So, so I suppose, mm-hmm. I suppose you could argue, and I don't know if it's true that a one to sixteen ratio or a one to fourteen ratio, as there are in some of my classes, is is just a little bit more efficient than a one to thirty ratio. But it isn't really I because struggle to make that argument. Today. I don't think it's a great argument. I don't think it's a great argument. I mean, a one to two ratio is definitely more efficient than a than well, a one to fifteen. The, but 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 not a one to teaching as we are encouraged to see it at the moment. You know. Uh, you know, with your quality first teaching and uh, and your knowledge based curriculum, and you teach from the front and that business. You know, you say, well, you could have two hundred in the room if you're doing a really great bit of retrieval practice, and then some fantastic yeah. instruction, and the children are listening carefully, using their brilliant skills. It doesn't matter, does it? No. Oak Academy. No, not really. Oak Academy. Those lessons are going to thousands, my friend. Thousands. Yeah, true, true. You know? It's a bit. Yeah, that's not really my style though i have to say i don't know uh, that you know, it's really my style but it's a good argument isn't it and i remember reading a piece of research really early on in my teaching days and you know obviously nobody listens to any research of you know any greater than eight months old anymore but um somebody's done something and said yeah class size doesn't matter until you get it down to nine once you get down to that's nine, about right 
Yeah. But I, I first, we had an alumni dinner my last night of term, for the, for mm-hmm. which was supposed to, which covered three years because of COVID. So, mm-hmm. so, but only really the current upper sixth, the current upper sixth came back, and they were my first year six at the school. Mm-hmm. So, um, and my first years, I taught maths then. Um, I don't now. I just teach science at the moment. But I taught maths in year five and six, and um, I had we used to have. We had about 35 kids in that cohort. And so we used to have a set one, which was about mm-hmm. half the year, and then two parallel sort of set twos in, in mm-hmm. maths. So, so we didn't have, we didn't have, you know, we like, so like kind of like a class of 15. And so I, so it was a class of 15 and two, and I had an eight and, mm-hmm. and it was great to see them actually in the upper sixth. And, and one of them was doing maths A level. And this is from a, from a set two mathematician at a private school in, 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 in year six. He was doing maths A level, um, parents, both doctors, and he was always going to be bright. He was just a late starter, which is the argument against the 11 plus, but we digress. Um, anyway, um, and he, he, um, he said, oh, you turn my maths around. But it was a nightmare class, having eight children in there, most mm-hmm. of whom who hated maths at the time, most of mm-hmm. whom were, were kind of like, you know, they were they were they were fun and they were quite bouncy and they were quite sparky, but they were just there was no you couldn't divide and conquer. There was nowhere to hide them, you know, in a way. Whereas if you've got a class of 30, if you've got three or four bouncy people, you can kind of pin them in different corners of the classroom, can't you? And and, and put put two or three quieter people or away from away from their mates. But, you know, unless you've got a huge room. Um, with sort of padded cells, um, you can't really do that with eight people. So really, I don't think really this... do you get that rule with the padded cells, you know? No, you no, you don't. You, do, well. you don't get that. No, no. Anyway, um, we must. Um, so, yeah, so I've just had some lovely walking. I'm going to see you at the weekend, aren't we? We're going to go for a walk. We're going to go for a walk. And, yes. and we're going to see each other face In to face. Person. I'm looking, looking forward to that. Um, yeah. So I haven't got much to report from a te- sort of teacherly perspective in the last... Mm. Um, it seems a long time ago since I was in front of children. Um, I'm halfway through. So uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I ha- and I haven't been paying much attention to Twitter. So no, I don't good. really want to have a long discussion about Twitter. I sort of it's sort of weird because I tried to do. I was influenced by Ben Newmark's decision to give it up for Lent, um, and I've I sort of tried him, giving know. it. I know he's I'm sorry, give it up for Lent, but he keeps popping his head up. Well, I, I don't think he's only popped his head up, hasn't he? By by, I've not been paying much attention, but but he's some blog posts which are probably know, just no, automatically he, fed. He in. liked something of mine the other day. I was like, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, okay, I oh, can see you, oh, new Mark. Oh, oh dear. Eating the oh, chocolate, drinking the wine, you. liking the posts. Come on, he can't stay <laughs> yeah. away from it. He's addicted. You well, I, I I think that's the thing is I've been I feel like I have gone quite a long way in curbing my addiction in the last few mm. weeks. How and I've read more books. I have read some lovely, lovely, been living a lot of fiction. Mayflies mm-hmm. by Andrew O'Hagan, fantastic. I read I like Sense it. of an Ending by Julian Barnes, and I'm reading reading a book by Graham Swift. Here we mm. are, which is quite interesting at the moment. I'm not, I'm liking it, I'm not loving it. Oh, um, Swift, I but, read. But, but I have a horrible feeling it might be Waterland, which is. I've not read any of his before. So he won the book, didn't he, for Last Words, which I will yes, probably which read. Because I think after Waterland, I think. Um, yeah. Um, but that's but a yeah, long time ago, my friend. He must be. He must be older than us. Swift. He is older than us. Yeah, I think you know. In controversial statement. Yeah. Um, a lot of good writers are older than us. Of, you, you get a lot something. Of good writers are older. A lot of them to the extent something gets better with age, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's very true. That's I very mean, true. There's, they're so old, they're the dead. Best writers in the world. I mean, there are some very, very good young writers, and of course, like, but I think, I think writing is something that tends to, it, 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 you know, it can improve with age. I really can't it? Like, like to think so because I've always thought I was going to write. I mean, just about for as long as I thought I was going to do something, I thought I was hmm. write. Yeah, um, my life has just been so. You're busy now. You've managed to. I'm yeah. I'm now. I've I've had two. I've I've submitted my um first book, which actually wasn't really written with submission in mind. Uh, I now when I now look back on it, it was it was um and um I've had a rejection. And then I, I yeah. submitted it to another agent and I actually had quite a nice rejection from the second agent oh. saying, you know, really liked the idea, like really yeah. liked the idea. But, um, you know, it might have been a stock reply, but didn't really engage with the pros. But then thinking okay. about it, 
I, I don't when I go back and look at it, I can see what she means. It's, it's yeah, fair it's good true. feedback. So so I'm I'm going back to so if we rewriting were hedge towards a tweet of the week, something that caught my eye. Yeah, was um, Stephen Lockyer, who used to be a very prominent, voracious tweeter. Yes, yes. Yeah, he used to, and we'd see very much less of him now, and that's probably a good thing, I would think, um, you know, for him and his well-being. <laughs> yes, he yes, he was. Has yeah, that's said right. this year he is aiming to get thirty rejections. That is what he's aiming for, because <laughs> if you are aiming to get things accepted or permission or whatever. There's yeah. a very strong chance that you might be disappointed. But if you aim right. to get 30 rejections, he yeah. says he hasn't been working hard enough and it's at the end of month three and he's only got, I don't know, some s- small number so far, but he's been turned down for this, that and the other. And he's, but, you know, he's working towards his target. I think it's brilliant, you know. Well, that's that's a sort of principle in. that works in, in, in science as well, that, that mm-hmm. you know, it's much easier to disprove a theory than prove a theory or, or disprove... Um, the viability of a molecule for, for it to become a medicine, for example, than it is to to prove one. You know, if you pin your hopes on your project being the successful one, being the next blockbuster medicine for Pfizer or whatever, so then you're going to. It's only going to lead to disappointment. And it's the same, you know, unless you are a professional writer and and you you haven't published a book for a few years and you've got a bit of block and 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 all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, actually, you know, yeah. I think you have to sort of keep keep working at it and keep keep ploughing away. And so, um, anyway, um, let's. So I, I haven't. No, I mean I've just noticed there's been some stuff on Twitter about facts today. Good old Hayes Miss Smith or yesterday. You know, facts are the least important thing. And then then conversely, Dylan William a couple of days ago was saying memory's the most important thing and all this sort of stuff. And and what I, do you, you know, I think is the most important thing. Feel free to be as controversial as you like. No one is listening. Well, it's What's the most important from... thing in education. I think it's the Wednesday roast dinner. <laughs> I think I it's the... <laughs> chips on a Friday. That's what made Britain great. Well, you know what? It's it's all a rite of passage, isn't it? The whole thing. So mm-hmm. so I, I I still think that we can. It's immensely important, but I think it's very different if you're an eight-year-old in a primary mm-hmm. classroom to being a 17-year-old doing A-levels or a 14-year-old battling with maths when you really want to stop doing this or or battling with English if you really want to stop doing this. And, and so it's, it's very different. You can't really say what the most important thing is. I think the most I, important... I remember, and I've told you this story before. In fact, I think I've told you on this programme before. So I hope, you know, and it's, and it's a story with, that ought to come with a trigger warning. But this beautiful child used to come into my classroom in the morning and dance with his siblings. He was this just this golden child. And uh, and one day he went home and he had a horrible thing and he died and he didn't come back. Um, oh, yes, you have told me that. And I, it's this thing to me that every day should be worthwhile. That's right. And... We're not going to school because after 16, we might use those qualifications to do the next thing or to whatever. You know, we have to be going to school because it fulfills us. And you know, when you think about cultural capital, at that age, that child was coming into a classroom with older children. I was playing the ukulele and singing a song and he was dancing. And he was fulfilling himself in those moments. And I think, oh, well, I hope he had a nice time to come to school. I hope he learned something. I hope he heard a good story i hope he heard some music i hope he was a little bit naughty i hope he got to climb a tree all these things because each of those days that you come to school is a day of your life you're not storing up for the future are you you're spending as you go that's um, right absolutely i think this i I totally agree we will talk about that again another time because Mm. i I know i've got lots to say on that but i'm not really in the in the education zone so we're gonna plan was to do the tracks of our years wasn't it the plan was to talk about music so so let's have some music um here we go let's have some oh is this one of the sound effects well no music um it's just the first button i found So I haven't got. The, the, I haven't readers, got, listeners, as we understand it, Toby and I have both chosen five tracks. We're both fifty years old, yeah. um, and we've chosen a track from each of our decades, which we can't play because we don't have the technology or, I think, the uh, copyright permission. So no. we're going to have to. I think my plan was to try and tweet links, like feverishly tweet links off 
of my Twitter account. If you haven't come across me there, I'm at Mr. E. Finch. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get them out. I think if I do mine and you do yours... Well, well during the news, I'll tell you what I'll do. is I'll tweet yeah. I'll tweet a Spotify playlist of my five. Um, Have you done that? That's great. I've done, I'll put, yes, but then I, um, if, it, I, might, I might do that during the news because I can't possibly cope with broadcasting and tweeting at the same time. Okay, uh, well, anyway. maybe I can if I let so you speak. Are you going to go first with your five tracks or are we going to trade tracks? I think, we should, or... I think we should do alternate. I think we should do okay. alternate. Okay. So, well, you so, go first. So, for I'll the first. first 10 years of your life, from the ages yeah, so 0 19, to 10. Yeah, 1972 through to 1982, obviously yeah. music was there in the background um and you know if i was going to pick a track to represent so i'm just thinking desert island disky wise if i was mm-hmm. going to pick a track to represent my dad there would be no music other than the grandstand theme tune uh, but, yes, but i haven't yes. i haven't haven't chosen the grandstand theme tune um my mum i could probably you know she introduced me to she used to play her 45s when dad was out in the potting shed and mm-hmm. so she used to play a lot of beatles um and probably would be come together with my beautiful song. But I have, we used to watch Top of the Pops as a family. And mm-hmm. so there's many songs that I remember from Top of the Pops, but I've chosen a song by a band who I still love, which were very much present on Top of the Pops a lot in mm-hmm. the late seventies and early eighties. They were great singles band. I think I could be their singer. It would be my style. And yeah. so I've chosen dog, um, dog band. Night Dog, Night Dog, <laughs> Night Boat to Cairo by Madness. Now this, nice. I don't think I saw them perform it on Top of the Pops. I saw them perform many things on Top of the Pops, Our House and House of Fun and Driving in My Car. And I remember that. And I remember Baggy Trousers as well, although that would have been a bit younger then. But um, I've chosen Night Back to Cairo because it also reminds me of playing Murder in the Dark um, and the mini pops. And there was a, a friend of my sister's, a friend of mine as well, who, who I don't know, just used to listen to mini pops, which was just cover versions of sung by kids of, of pop hits. I remember um, it. It and was a strange and thing. A very strange thing. But, but when I was under the age of 10, I didn't have any pop credibility whatsoever um but i so i've chosen madness uh night boat to cairo because i still think they're great and and that reminds me of being a kid um mm. un, uh, completely immune to anything that was cool or not although madness were indeed cool but but i didn't realize that at the time there you go good right so your my first, first one. one so i was born in 1971 um yeah, so I'm you're, you're ancient than, in comparison to me. Yes. Much older than you, yeah. Born in the year of decimalisation, of course, um, mm. and many other great things. Um, I, was, I was trying to think what was music was in my house because again, we my parents were not into uh, into their music. We had a radiogram in the corner that looked like it belonged. You know, this was the 1970s, but it looked like something from the 1950s. Might well have been. It might have been a wedding gift. Or I know it had a you know great big cabinety thing with a little cupboard built in with a tiny collection of vinyl and a and a turntable as you can imagine it, and a shiny fold-down thing. It was great. You could put a hamster on it and see if he could camp, if he could stick on the uh, turntable. But um, my dad had um, some sort of battered uh, 33s of light classical stuff. You know, my, the world of your yeah. 100 best tunes and things. Um, but there was a record shop in Red Hill called Cloaks where they you could buy X jukebox records without the middle you had to buy middles as well and pop them oh in, yeah remember? oh yes i remember the middles my mum had some middles yes yeah yeah so you can yeah. buy those for like because they've been in a jukebox for who knows how long and were pretty beaten up before they got replaced they were very cheap they were like 10 pence for a, for a thing i'd go in and i'd look for anything with the apple in the middle because i knew uh i yeah, knew yeah, the middles yeah. were pretty cool and I, I would buy whatever i could find from apple i thought it was all a beat because they they covered a few other artists as well but so far as I was concerned, if it had the apple in the middle, it was the Beatles. So I was thinking, which one did I really love? You know, which of those songs? And I, she Loves You, Yeah, 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 was a big track for me. But the one I'd chosen was Michelle, because it used to make me have a little cry. Oh, it's, oh it's a that's a beautiful that's... song. And this was what yeah, I thought pop music song. was. You know, that's what I thought pop music was. was yeah. I mean, this are some, you know, in, I'm probably thinking about 76, 77 there. If you were to look what was really popular at that time, it well, was not, you know, it wasn't Beatles Michelle the by the Beatles, early, no. Was it? No. no. That's what I thought it was. Until my, I mean, I didn't put it in, but until my sister got Never Mind the Bollocks, Here Comes the Sex Pistols. Uh, she's a little bit older than me. Yeah. She's the only punk in the village. But that blew my socks off. But yeah. to represent that time, I've gone with Michelle. Oh, that's so, a good one. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pick up on Michelle because yeah. they sing 
or um, Michelle, my bell, la, la, la. and yeah. my mum's cleaner stroke carer, who comes in twice a week, um, is called Michelle, but my mum calls her Michelle, even yeah. though Michelle tells her all the time, It's but she's sort of accepted it now, because my yeah. mum's got Michelle in her brain from that song, so, so nice link there to both of us. Um, yeah. We have got a bit more time to do another one before we go to some ukulele. I hope you're gonna are you gonna ukulele one or two of yours, Ed? I, I'm hoping for that. I mean, um, I, I maybe I'm challenging. I honestly consider it, but, <laughs> but um, you know what? I'm not. On, I'm not. I can do something. Yeah, I can do yeah. Michelle. I'm sure. Um, what's your next song? Come on. No, no my next then... song. So, so, so my next song. So, so we're now in my in my teens but you know yes. from from 1982 to 1992 and the, the music doesn't have to come from that window but of course um so so the thing is with teens is that it is really hard to choose one song mm. because you know when i was 10 11 12 i was totally obsessed 11 12 13 i was totally obsessed with queen and status quo but Fine. um then, then by the end of that decade, you know, I was into, uh, then I went, then I got in, I'm going to mention the song in a minute, then I got into whatever I got into, and then by the end, I sort of went really retro into the Stones and, and Led Zeppelin, and sort of the rave stuff that was happening in the late 80s, mm. I was aware of it, and I liked some of it, you know, the Stone Roses and the sort of baggy and, and you know, early indie stuff that I liked, but, but um and also dad died, so I could choose a bit of music. You know, the Beatles' White Album was playing on my Walkman when, when I was at school waiting to be collected to be taken home um, the day before, when the day after dad died. Um, and that reminds me of that. But, but that's a bit morbid and a bit... So I've chosen um, a song by a band who I still love. So I think that's, the, that's what I've decided. I've decided to choose music yeah. that, that represents the time for me, but also that I still still love today. And um, I did for about three weeks when I was 15, experimented with being a goth and not smiling. And um, I failed because I, I I find it hard not to smile, and 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 I quite like black, but not all black, and and uh, <laughs> and and so. But I fell in love to the Kiss Me Kiss Me Kiss Me album to mm. the Cure, which was released okay. in 1987 when I was 15. Yeah. But um, I have chosen because I listened to it over and over and over again, standing on the beach, their their singles collection album, their early singles, and. Jumping Someone Else's Train is my second track, which just, I love it. It's a bit punky. It's It's got a bit of energy to it. And, and I love the lyric as well. You know, Jumping Someone Else's Train. It's it's a little bit angry. It's got lovely, noisy guitars in it. And, and yeah. you know, whilst I went into sort of fiddly, diddly, noodly, almost into prog rock a bit later mm. after that, I hate all that fiddly diddly noodly prog rock stuff now. I like a just a short, sharp, spiky guitar pop song, and the cure are about as good as it gets when it comes to that yeah. sort of stuff. So so there we go. Jumping someone well, else's train by the Around cure. that time, around that time, my friend Toby, when you were into that, I had a job cleaning an old woman's house. She was very, very ancient at that time. She was not as ancient as she kind of should be. She'd been married to a guy who'd been top brass doing a first world war but i think she was quite a lot younger than him i think he'd married when he was quite elderly and she was quite young but she was like she was someone out of the 1930s really and she she got this huge house in south nutfield little village in um, surrey where i lived and uh, as he died a very long time ago she spent all the money never had a job or a career because he didn't and she carved up the house into weird flats like a whole house she lived on the ground floor and then the rest of the house was this warren of flats with like stairs going up and down terribly dangerous and like yeah. obviously not fire safe at all and in one of the flats lived the drummer out of the cure oh wow yes he uh lived he uh, supposedly lived out of the country for tax purposes for some part right. of the year but actually mostly kept his head down and lived in this flat in south Nutfield. i swept his stairs every saturday for most of the 80s i would say i think the robert smith yeah. I think he may have even left the cure for about a week in 1982 mm. or something. Um, but I think Robert Smith's been the only permanent member of the cure, hasn't he? So there have been some long, Lowell Tolhurst yeah. or Paul Thompson. Anyway, there's quite a lot on. But anyway, Ed, let, we better tell you what your second track is. My and then you better track. play some okay, ukulele so... and then we better do the news. 
I mean, any number of tracks. Like you say, those that's at the time, isn't it? From 10 to 20, that's the time when you form your thing. So yeah, I remember really liking, uh, really liking The Alarm for a little bit. Oh, yeah. They were pretty good. And then I really liked Tangerine Dream. I thought they were very witty, you know, I don't know if anybody out there has remembered Tangerine, Tangerine Dream. Dream were mentioned in Mayflies, the book, um, yeah. which was all about set in 1986, the half first half of it, set in 86. Okay. Well, they were yeah. they were extremely wigtastic. If only there'd been beats back in those days, they'd have been properly ahead of their time. Um, and I love this and I love that. But a track, well, the, the one track which I would say cemented my love, not just of music, but of performing music and the performance of music, a track called Harmonica's Dreams by um, Rory McLeod, who was... He wasn't, he wasn't famous then and isn't famous now, but he's a great man. It's worth looking wow. up. He's on Twitter. Uh, you'll find him. Yeah. Um, Harmonica's Dreams, I, it's not on Spotify. I couldn't find it. I've just tweeted a, a YouTube video of Rory performing that. I remember tuning in. I used to tune in to various folk shows on local BBC stations and things. And like I could pick up. I was in Surrey, but I could pick up Radio Essex if I um, twiddled the knob. And I picked it up and I... Through that, you know, when you get that crackly, crackly sound and you hear something that's dynamite, it only happens on the radio. If you heard it any other place, it wouldn't. I heard Rory's uh, playing harmonica dreams and I thought, I want to play the, the harmonica. I want to be able to stand up, play music, entertain people. It doesn't matter if that's five people or ten people. I just want to be able to do it. And, yeah. um, and I bought a harmonica. And, you know, to this day, ladies and gentlemen, if they have very low standards, I can make people smile with a little bit of music. Um, so that's, that's uh, genuinely, that's down to Rory McLeod, who's a great man and I love him. If you see him a, around, tell him I said That's a very endearingly obscure choice. And, oh, and, I love you, and I love you for it. And so I want you to play some harmonica now, Ed. Oh, I'll have to go upstairs and find one. Hang on a sec. I mean, give me 30 <laughs> seconds. I'll see if there's a harmonica in the house. Okay, Ed's oh, going well, to get... I have a huge collection of harmonicas. I don't know. People who don't know how to play harmonica probably don't know, but they're designed okay. to play in one key. And yes. if you're clever, you can then play cross half and play in a second key while sucking instead of blowing. Are you walking with your phone in your hand? You're yeah, doing man, very I'm well upstairs. at not making noise. That's excellent. I'm in the office. Douglas yeah, in Crofton fact, there's less interference now you're moving. There's less interference <laughs> now you're so moving than when you're sitting still. <laughs> I think Tom's listening. Douglas. Cursing me. Douglas is making a video. <laughs> Douglas, not Duncan, but Douglas. Two and a half hours. <laughs> Hello, good evening. Don't swear, Douglas. Um... <laughs> Douglas has got to make oh, a video. He's got putting in an application to be like chief prefect or something. Which is oh yes, know, Gemma did that. Chief his prefect. Footsteps because I was deputy head boy at his age. And yes, <laughs> he's been trying to make this video where he has to like talk up the school. And he's trying to do yeah. it word perfect without any stumbles from a script, and you can't do that, you know. No. Um, I found a harmonica. It's a G. Okay. Um, so come on. Here we go. How much? Should be coming around the mountain. Come on now, the mountain when she comes. Something like that. Yes. Um, any echoes, any blues? play that more don't i you do that's really good love bring harmonica it. that bring was the first instrument wall. i taught myself and then after I, that i bought a i bought used to buy harmonicas everyone i used to get one father christmas used to bring me a harmonica most yeah, years father christmas used to buy you a shit one that he bought me a shit one he, he bought me a lot of shit ones but but yeah. then i bought quite a good one from a music shop when i was just undergraduate yes i remember did that you know something to do on a saturday afternoon i tell you what i'll buy a harmonica and teach myself how to play and i got as far as she'd be coming around the mountain and that's about as far as i got yeah so, it's um, a lot like um, a lot like ukuleles that a lot of people will buy a really cheap one and then be disappointed and actually yeah. a cheap one is cheap because it's not very good so what i've got here is a hona blues harp it's got a very bluesy sound about 9.99 i bet they're an awful lot more now yeah. it's a decent instrument and you can bend it which you can't do with a cheap one so, um, yeah 
Um, good evening. We've got, I'm saying Noam entered the studio. I don't know if it's Noam Chomsky, um, but um, Ed, we better have a pause. We've got three okay. more songs to do each, but we've got lots of news and adverts and all that stuff. All right. So um, have a little break. Stay with us, people. We'll be back in approximately seven minutes. I'm not sure how long it is, actually. I haven't checked. But here we go. Speak soon. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondelettersandsounds.org.uk. Introducing Bulb. With evidence-based learning at the forefront of education, let Bulb digital portfolios help reshape your educational practice. Bulb helps teachers teach and learners learn. Bulb is an easy-to-use, fully accessible digital platform that captures students' digital learning assets in one place, allowing them to evidence their learning and reflect on their growth. Our dedicated team of education specialists are on hand to ensure the bulb fits seamlessly into all of your teaching practices. Come take a look and get a free account at bulbapp.com. Introducing Autism Aspirational Futures, a virtual SEN conference for parents and carers. Do you work with parents or carers of students with autism? If so, this free virtual conference from Witherslack Group can support them and you. Providing inspiring talks from leading experts, offering practical advice on supporting children and young people with autism and associated needs. This very special event will take place during Autism Acceptance Week and is sure to be an enjoyable occasion for everyone wanting to develop their knowledge, understanding and celebrate their children's amazing superpowers. Don't miss out! Register for free at witherslackgroup.co.uk today. With a Slack Group, the leading provider of schools and children's homes for children with special educational needs. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the latest government data shows that 178,800 pupils were absent from school due to COVID, a decrease of 0.3% since March the 17th. The number of staff absences has also decreased by 0.4% in the same time period. School leaders are, however, still expressing concern over the ongoing disruptions and both the NAHT School Leaders Union and the Association of School and College Leaders have called for Education Secretary Nadim Zahawi to reinstate free lateral flow tests for pupils and staff. General Secretary Paul Whiteman said, we continue to hear a sense of deep frustration from school leaders as they struggle to deal with the significant and ongoing disruption caused by COVID, whilst the government removes every measure they have for controlling it. We all assumed living with COVID meant there would be very low case levels. This is clearly not the case, and absence rates remain at concerningly high levels. School leaders feel they have been abandoned. In Lancashire, video games are being used to teach children about climate change and flooding. The game is called Rivercraft and has been devised by the Environment Agency 
in collaboration with Microsoft. It is based on Minecraft and integrates flood mitigation. Andy Brown, Flood Risk Manager for the Environment Agency said, this is an amazing opportunity for students and a project we are proud to be part of. Not only will young people learn about a major flooding scheme in the UK, but they will also discover more about climate change, the environment, flooding, and the types of roles available for careers in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Justin Edwards, Director of Learning Programmes, Minecraft, said, We know people around the world love Minecraft, and so it is really rewarding for us to see Minecraft encouraging students to talk about and engage with environmental issues. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to talk about improving your skills. I listened to the morning show with Dorian Brown last Friday and he was discussing teachers' tech skills. I'm not here to start a discussion, that's his job. However, this week I investigate, can you get better at tech for free? Is there any CPD out there that doesn't cost a fortune? The answer is yes. There's a lot of online self-paced courses out there and even some supported by bursary funding for cover to get you out of the classroom and trained in school time. So what did I find? Let's start with free training. Let's face it, the big three companies in EdTech are Apple, Google and Microsoft. So what do they offer? Apple Teacher is a free professional learning program designed to support and celebrate educators using Apple products for teaching and learning. As an educator, you can build skills on iPad and Mac that directly apply to activities with your students. Earn recognition for new things you learn and be rewarded for the great work you do every day. Sign into the program and work your way through the badges to get your Apple Teacher certificates. Google for Education offer a free training for educators. Courses range from beginner to advanced and there's also lots of courses on getting the most out of devices such of Chromebooks. They also have a certified program consisting of Educator Level 1 and Level 2. All resources are free, but if you want certification, it's done through a paid exam. You can also go on to be a certified trainer, innovator and coach. Microsoft Educator Center offers hundreds of free online self-paced courses for educators. All have a certificate attached and a badge that can be shared. There is also a dedicated educator pathway to become an innovative educator, trainer and expert. All of these are free. If you want to fine-tune a particular skill, there's loads of free training providers out there too. For example, Coursera is an online self-paced course platform that offers free training. If you want a certificate, you'll need to pay, but lots of courses are free and if you don't need proof of completion, go for it. Finally, there's lots of different hubs out there to provide bursary-funded CPD for schools, computing, maths, English and MFL to name a few. A great way to find out what's on offer is to contact your local teaching school hub as they will know what is available in your area. As always, don't forget to check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. Tell us what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, we're back. A little round of applause for you, Ed. Good to hear that round of applause, that heartfelt round of applause. I wonder how many listeners we lost over that bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think um, only one or two, only one oh. or two, and I think I think some come back in the room. I think I think um, some people, you know, it, it's the first time they've heard any news because the the real news is too depressing. Some people. Um, you know, maybe go and make a cup of tea or something. Yes, um, and some people like to hear about how you can brand yourself with EdTech company logos. Yes, I, I I've, I've never thought about it in my life before, but... Um, <laughs> um, I've managed to sell myself <laughs> to the highest bidder. Oh, well done. Have something for your typing. Yes, anyway. so... Um, More music, we're back, please. We're talking about music, everybody. We're, we're, this, I'm not sure how this <laughs> relates to teachers talk, but we're late at night, and we and, are and, teachers. We are, we are teachers, and we, we like means. music. And 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 we did speak a bit about teaching and education at the beginning of the show, and we've just played you the teaching news. So um, there we go. Um, track three from me. Is that correct? Go, is that go ahead. Yes, track three. Um, did we do? We did your twenties. 
Yes, so my 20s, so this represents the years from 1992 through to 2002. Or, um, and I think, again, you know, the early 20s, oh, that's when I really, really got into music and going to lots of gigs and, oh, you know, so much music. And, of course, I was very much, um, uh, you know, it was, I suppose, towards the end of my adolescence you know in my in my early 20s but when Britpop happened which which kind of worked for me even though some elements of it were a bit cheesy um and it was a bit of a bandwagon and and but I think it worked for me because it was kind of guitar-y and it was poppy and it was bouncy and I like all those three things so I first went to Glastonbury um my first of five in the 90s and my uh first of six overall um was uh 1994 and i enjoyed discovering a few bands but the one band i was really looking forward to seeing they headlined the second stage which was called the nme stage then it's now the other stage uh and um they headlined well actually they didn't headline they were they were they were on before spiritualized and it was blur and i liked blur i liked the park life album i in fact liked their first two albums as well um but um, as they came out, but but I properly fell in love with with that album and that performance and that band and particularly their guitarist Graham Coxon and their songcraft Damon Arbum, and so I've chosen a Blur song, but not from the Park Life album. My probably my favourite Blur song, um, which was actually released in 1997. I saw it live in the space of three weeks, in three days in one week, in in December 1997, once at Wembley Arena and twice at Brixton Academy, and many times since. And the song is Beetle Bum, and it is my mm. favourite Blur song. Uh, it's, 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 it's not got much of a lyric. I think no. it's... it's more, um, more tune. If we're more playing. of a tune, and it's, it's a slowly... It gets under your skin, and that's a metaphor, because I think it was written about heroin, because um, uh, Damon... Alban's then girlfriend, Justin Frischman, was very much mm. experimenting and, and using a lot of heroin. I think he may or may not have experimented with it himself, um, but didn't didn't come under it under its power, I don't think. Um, and um, it's got that sort of, but just the guitar coder at the end is just, it's scuzzy. Um, but wonderfully sort of understated as well. It's not it's not showy in any way, and it's just it's a very hypnotic tune. And my children associate it with me now. They they know that I love it because it's yeah. appears on virtually every journey playlist you know that I make. And um, yeah, it's just a tune. And they're the band that that I probably loved going to see live most in the nineteen nineties. Okay. Um, and um, there you go. So that's my tune okay. number three. Um, and I do love dirty guitars. Because I've realised twenty forty to twenty two forty seven, we're going to have to crack on. We are cracking. We'll so, crack on. So I've gone um, for a song which I think would have been recorded at some point nineteen seventies. That seems a bit of a theme. Um, I've gone for Towns Van Zandt's "St John the Gambler." I would have gone by anything by Towns Van Zandt. I don't know if you've heard him. Um, Is he related I, to the Van Zandt's of Leonard Skinner? Van Zant is surprisingly common in common sort of, uh, the southern states of, of America. There's quite a yeah. lot. Of course, there's a Van Zant in the E Street Band, isn't there? That, um, yes, yes. Um, I think Van Zant. It sounds extraordinarily um, exotic to me, but I think maybe it isn't where it comes from. Towns no. Van Zant is a singer-songwriter. He's got a lovely um, understated guitar style, but. Um, and, and, and he's a beautiful, beautiful songwriter. Everybody should hear him. But he's incredibly depressing. And um, I go through times in my life when I'm feeling incredibly depressed. And when I'm feeling incredibly depressed, I listen to Taz Van Zandt. <laughs> That's one of the ways now I'm a little... I'm 50 years old. I can I can probably just about diagnose myself. Oh, you're listening to Taz Van Zandt, are you? You must be very desperately depressed. And, uh, yeah, some of, the, some of that time between my 20s and 30s, I... Uh, I was drinking very much too much and drink and not in a happy party way. I and I was listening oh, wow. to Van Zandt. And, uh, yes. and and I listened to that now. I mean he I saw him play once. He died of um, you know, the way that people do of um terrible mixes of uh, drugs and alcohol and sadness and it's a yeah. shame because he was a beautiful, beautiful person. Um uh, a great friend of um, 
like you know lots of people who are still touring now so he often gets name checked as a reference as a songwriter by people who are much more famous than he ever was guy clark um what's his name copperhead road chap oh damn that name's escaping copperhead road is that is that um steve earl yeah steve no. earl was a big yeah. man he was like a sort of an apprentice almost to town yeah anyway yeah, quite like i steve saw earl. him play at the union chapel and i uh, that's a good many decades ago, but it's burnt into my soul that evening. Anyway, there you go. Depressing. Go on and go for a cheerful. Oh, have you got a cheerful one for your thirties? Yeah, your 30s I've got a cheerful, cheerful one for my thirties. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. cheerful for my thirties, and and the wonderful this this song bridges several decades of my life. Actually, um, uh, it, it sort of goes back to my Glastonbury days in in the nineties when I used to love veering into the unknown, to the jazz world stage, discovering a bit of a bit mm-hmm. of jazz or a bit of Afrobeat or a bit of bit of um, dub, lots of dub, and and I mm-hmm. fell in love in in my more so in my twenties than in my thirties um, because I was sort of married and and starting to have children and and being very sensible and and not not indulging in in dub reggae and associated. Mm-hmm. Um, medicine um and anyway um you catch my drift what i'm saying but but the song is song is chase the devil by max romeo and the upsetters um lee scratch perry produced by lee scratch perry and um it's 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 was covered by the prodigy um in in um their song outer space one of their early singles um which is when i first recognized it the refrain but that's not why i liked it i i loved it um, and and my children, I associate with my 30s because, again, my children love this. They, they know that I love this, and we sort of skank around the kitchen table or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm descending yeah. to outer space. I'm going to chase the devil out of earth. And, um, you know, it goes like that. Um, and also, My Beloved Madness that I mentioned earlier on, they actually covered it and played it whilst I was watching Madness. Um, at Glastonbury in 2009 as well, so so um, so that's that's another little link with with a previous decade. So so yeah, just a bit of but you know I, I kind of love jazz, I love reggae, I love dub, I, I like all that sort of slightly um, loose, wayward, um, bassy stuff and as well. Um, and it's it's nice to kind of be mellow and, and yeah. a little bit of skanky dancing. So so that's my number four, um, Chase the Devil by Max Romeo and the Upsetters. Uh, well, that's great. That's yeah, great choice. I've been trying to tweet a link to the Infinite Wheel, which is a brilliant uh, do-it-yourself dub game. I think it's not working because they killed Flash, didn't they? So, um, oh yes, Flash games. If uh, if anybody's got a some sort of archived version of Flash, uh, see if you can find Infinite Wheel made by a guy called Jim Johnson, and you can spend hours of your life making your own dub. Ah, oh, I wish that. Why did they kill Flash? Anyway, never mind. so from, from the song of my 30s to 40s, I mean, any amount of tracks we could have chosen there, it's a big, yeah. that's a big decade for me. I've gone yeah. for Tumani Debate and Ali Farcature and anything oh. from the album In the Heart of the Moon is what oh, I've gone for. Beautiful. Um, we I had, don't know uh, the song specifically, but I know both of them. My wife and I got married. We had a track uh, from that uh, I played at the wedding and... Uh, it is just exceptionally beautiful music, and uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't need much more than that. But we I love the chorus. I love the, the chorus. So Tumani Tabati at the Womad Festival. Where all those times you've gone to uh, Womad, I've seen the... seen Tumani Tabati play playing the chora, and yeah. um, and and if I got that the right way around, Tumani Tabati's chora Tumani, player. Isn't yeah, Tumani played chora. Ali was the guitarist. Tumani That's right. Yeah, yeah. With us. Ali died. Not yeah, he did. He died. That yeah, album and... was made, which was a terrible shame. He wasn't old enough, but he had. a Terrible but he's got he had several sons view Farcatori I've seen playing yeah, he's a great guitarist Farcatori carries um, the torch forward doesn't he yeah yeah and, so if people um, haven't come across him if people don't know Tumani Jabati he's uh he is you know the virtuoso of the Cora the Cora being a 40 string harp from West Africa yeah um and it's a beautiful you know, instrument people beautiful who instrument. don't know much about African music if you say African music they maybe imagine you know they maybe imagine West African drumming on the djembe or they maybe imagine um, the sort of the sound of South Africa because they remember hearing um, Graceland or something like Graceland that. Graceland yeah. and all that, but yeah. the, music, the range of music around Mali and Senegal around Mar- Wonderful, and, um, Barbara Marl. I could have chosen something by Barbara Marl actually, as yeah, well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All that sound as well. But um, you know, the Dumani is, is quite delicate sound, and it's not like what you're expecting. And um, 
And he's collaborated with he collaborated with Damon Albarn on on his Marley Music album he did in two thousand and one, two thousand two. Didn't he? Do you remember yeah, that? I remember yeah. he played there. I think that's he's he's collaborated with a lot of people, a lot oh, of Western really? pop. Yeah. Anyway, and then Ali Fakaduri, also from Mali, was like a blues man who had heard John Lee Hooker and other people. So it's not like straight from the heart of the blues. You know, it's the blues went from Africa to America and came back, and Ali picked them up. When they played together, it's, it, they did a couple of albums together. But I think In the Heart of the Moon is the best one. Pick it up, people. It's yeah. genius. I'll tweet a link. Um, right. Yeah, I'll time. tweet You're links to mine as well. Five, five minutes left, quick. You quick, quick, quick. Number five. 40s to yeah. 50s. Well, I've gone for I've gone 40s to 50, and and you know, in my early 40s, I wasn't really discovering new music much. Um, I had my favourites, my, my my Blurs and my Wilcos and my and my Jazz and my and stuff. But um, and my Neil Young, who's not mentioned, he's not made the cut for this little oh, session. Um, but um, I have since separating. And, you know, going to occasional, very rare, but some dark places. Well, not dark places, but just, you know, some stressful times, some stressful times. I've discovered some, some quite new music. And one artist I've discovered who, who I've heard of for a long time, I describe her as a sort of female David Bowie. She's collaborated with David Byrne, who I've discovered mm -hmm. quite recently, and that's St. Vincent. Um, mm -hmm. And I've chosen a song, her album. She had an album which is kind of electronic pop, um, called um, Mass Seduction. Um, but I think she did a sort of piano version of a lot of the songs from that album and, and of some acoustic ones. And so there's a piano version. Um, I think uh, the album, the piano album is called Mass Education, I think, rather than mm. Mass Seduction. And um, it's a song called Los Ageless. And she's just got a wonderful voice. I could have chosen something by PJ Harvey or maybe... Nick Drake or, or something, but I've chosen St. Vincent because one, I haven't got any females on my list until now. And, and I do like a female voice and a female creative. You know, I don't want it to be my world to be dominated by male singers, although most of the bands and most of the music I listen to, I'm afraid, are. Um, but um, she's just great. I think she's really, really wonderful. Great voice, great plant piano playing. Lost Ageless. Lost Ageless. I will, I, will, I will send a link to that. I'm going to be a little bit naughty. I will play the beginning of it um, on here, and we're not really going to get into trouble, I don't think, are we? Can't see it happening. Can you hear that? It's from my phone. Yeah, I can hear it. In Lost Ageless The wind never comes Anyway, I better stop playing it now yeah. or talk over it so there's no copyright issues. Um, anyway, um, yes, so I've just chosen something a bit mellow. Oh, hang on, how do I stop it? There we go. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just something I've discovered recently and I love it. And um, there you go. Um, well, there we go. That's my five. So my fifth one, I allowed myself 40 to 50 is... I, I went for a, a track called A Drifting Up, A Drifting Up by John Hopkins. I stumbled across it as a yeah. soundtrack to a, um, a YouTube video. Somebody had taken a drone to, um, to Beijing and just taken lots of dreamy landscapes, and then they put this music under it. And I was like, yeah, the video's not great, but what is this music? And that's how I found it. He's bluesy, isn't he, John Hopkins? No, he's a, he's a classical, uh, you know, he's classically educated pianist and composer okay. who discovered electronica and makes stuff that, you know, is sort of clearly in the lineage maybe of Brian Eno and things, but with a, you know, a, a classical composer's intelligence behind it. Worth listening to the album, which I've forgotten what it's called. The, the, the track I'm thinking of is Drifting Up, but off the album Insides. I love his album with King Creosote. Um, oh, yes. Okay, you know, yes, that's why I've heard of him. Uh, so that might be where you, I mean, he's done lots of collaborations, but Drifting Up is this stunningly beautiful thing. It is a shame um, we haven't been able to play these, isn't it? Because, you know, um, but we're, we're, not a, we're not a music radio show and, and we haven't got a license no. and all that sort of stuff. But, but we can send the links to all of them for, for, for the three or four people who care. Um, and I certainly care because I'd like to listen to your, your five, Ed. And so... Well, um, the exciting yeah. thing is I am just in the process of tweeting a link to the playlist that I've made up and you can do the same to me. I'll do that in a minute. Uh, yeah. I will do that in a minute. Um, 
we need to have some music to close the show. Can I can I talk about something I I've been lent? Korg. Yeah. <laughs> it's abs- now the problem with playing this now is it's it makes a pretty it's an acquired taste, you know. I I kind of like to form a sort of Sleaford Modsy sort of band and rant over this and create a bit of a rhythm going and and be have a bit of fun with it. Um, but my mum's probably now going to sleep in the bedroom uh-huh. next door, and she absolutely hates this. She doesn't understand that she is eighty. She's not meant to understand it. Um, but uh, anyway, so it, it is possible that we get to my mum's coming through the door and screaming at me as I play a little bit of this. <laughs> but a friend of mine who's oh, a really keen musician. He plays He plays a sort of double bass in various punk bands and he's very quirky. And he's got three of these things and he's just loaned me this because I loved playing with it when I went around to his house the other day after a few beers. Um, anyway, so here it goes. It's called a Korg Monotribe Analog Ribbon Station. Listen to this. So I've just got the rhythm going first. Yeah. And I'm bringing some of that extra noise on top now. Hang on a minute. Just change the rhythm a bit. I can mess around with it. Liking that. Nice. You can just do all sorts of crazy things with it. More. Keep it going. You play the ukulele on top of it. Um, not well. <laughs> Grabbing the ukulele. We will be out of phase. It's all right. You just speed up or slow down. We're broadcasting this on Teachers Talk Radio. We are teachers and we stopped talking for a bit. <laughs> and we started <laughs> making very peculiar noises. I quite enjoyed sharing this track. It was very self indulgent. I don't know if anybody was listening. If they were, they should I really enjoyed should that. Tweet I mean, us and let us know what five tracks they would have chosen. I, I think tweeted we... a link to, to, the play, to the playlist of as many as I remembered as I to add as I added to it so people can have a listen, see if they like it. Um, no Rory McLeod on there. He's not on Spotify. I imagine he would have taken his stuff off as a protest against something because he's yes. cool. Um, uh, I uh, think I've really enjoyed having that chat, and and I think I think we should encourage. Yes, I might I might have a bit of Twitter activity. Um, I'm I'm away um, tomorrow with my half sister, so I probably won't be tweeting very much tomorrow. But um, I will. Um, catch up over the weekend and maybe maybe have a bit of an exchange because I think people might quite enjoy that. I quite like that, you know, Desert Island Discs is is different to this, isn't it? The idea of choosing a piece of music that you still like today um, mm. that is perhaps most representative of your each decade of your of your life, whether you're, you know, 30, 40, 50 mm. or or um 95. Um yeah, although I don't think we've got any listeners who are 95, but, um, you know, you never know. Well, Queenie never might know. be tuning in. Um, Ed, it's been a pleasure. Um, we need to finish three minutes late. Uh, do you want to play any ukulele, or have we done that now? Um, I, think, your... I think your Korg was the business. Yeah, I will tell you what, I, I played you... in a um, Sleaford Mods tribute band once. Did you? I, I did, yeah. I stood behind my laptop and nodded <laughs> and sort of tried to look like I was doing something occasionally. Yeah. Whilst my friend, uh, Crazy Bill spitted his uh his his lyrics and um you know it was very well received a video of it was shared with the sleepwood mods and i was told that i was very convincing <laughs> all i basically did was hold a can of red stripe and it's nod. an easier job it he, was he a much easier job, job than, than the front man yeah yeah and i think I, I, yeah i'd quite like to do that with you instead well, we of bill do that. i'd like to do that for my 50th maybe in the summer we'll we'll, we'll we can run yeah, I, I, we'll see. I, 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 in we fact, that's all that I really happen. want to do. We um, make that happen. I don't okay. think you all want to listen, but we can do it. Um, now, last time we did a show, I managed to delete, and I haven't reloaded it, the, 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 the show closing music. So um, in order to end the show, I'm going to play the um, show opening music, which is um, uh, 
just to kind of round it off. Um, if that's bizarre. So sorry about that, um, producers. Um, so we've got a slightly longer exit uh, to the show. And um, that's all from me. Next week, I will be back in Kent. You will be on holiday, Ed. But we'll we'll come up with something for next week. I think you're around, aren't I think you? So. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm around. So I think we'll do it. Cool. All right. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening on Catch Up. Um, and um, have a good last week of your holiday for some, first week for others. And um, speak to you soon. Bye-bye. See you soon, my friend. Bye. Sleep Bye. well. And Bye. you. Bye. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Well, you have been listening live. Thank you very much. It's good night from me, and it's a good night from Ed. Bye, bye. I'm sorry, this is the intro music for the outro because I've lost the right clip. Very professional <laughs> as ever. Um, oh, you're still there, Ed. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we're going to fade away now. Yes, there we are. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Slow fade. Good night, all. Bye bye.